Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service, and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by ShockFutsal.com, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hey everybody and welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I am Baxter Colburn. No Simon Proven this week, unfortunately. He is up in the great northern parts of Wisconsin, camping with his family, as we mentioned last time on the show. He was getting ready to go up north, as they like to say here in Wisconsin. So he is out on a boat somewhere fishing or doing something exciting and just taking some much-needed R&R away, not only from the show, but from life as well. And uh, for those of you that know, he's also a college professor. So the school year is right around the corner for him as well. So you know how that goes and uh, how crazy life can be once College starts, of course, for professors. So he is not going to be here this week. However, we were able to scour the caverns of all things soccer and come up with somebody that was able to step in and uh, fill his shoes. And obviously, for those of you that know, he's a Timbers fan. So being able to replace a Timbers fan this time of year is not exactly the easiest or maybe a little bit easier than some people might think is capable of happening. So uh, we decided to get uh, the next best thing. We couldn't find another Timbers fan. So we decided to go and get the social media guru of Kick out in New York. She's been on the show before. She's a great friend of Simon and I's. And now she's here officially with us. It's Sonia Kondratenko. Sonia, this is a dream come true. How are you? I am well. I'm so happy to be on the show. I'm excited to have you. It's like I said, you've you've been a guest on the show before, and then this last week when we were talking a little bit, I was like, you know what? I don't want you as an interview. I want you for the whole show. I can't deal with just talking to you for 12 minutes. I need you for 90 plus minutes, basically. Well, I'm okay with that. I can I can talk. I think. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean you're you're used to hiding behind a computer screen or a, a you know a cell phone, you know, doing social media things. Do you do you have you do you know how to do the broadcasting thing here too? Yeah, it's interesting because I talk all day, but on the <laughs> internet. So there there are times where it's like, have I actually spoken any words out of my mouth today? I just type everything. I was all say, the time. Your, your fingers and yeah. thumbs are just like ah, we can't do this anymore. We're tired. I live a I live a very social antisocial life. Like I think that makes sense. Depends. I interact all the time, but like there are days where it's just like I don't leave the house. Like on the weekends, like you watch soccer if there's no games happening. You know, I'm interacting, commenting, posting stuff, but then like not actually going out and doing anything 
that exciting with my own life always. Come yeah, on. Well, hey, you, you work for Kick, though, and you get to live many people's dreams on a daily and weekly basis, though, for all the exciting events and traveling that you get to do. So I feel like, you know, you deserve <laughs> a little bit. Of, you deserve a little bit of rest, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're, when you're not interacting with everybody. But, uh, Sonia, we're excited to have you here uh, this week on the show. We've got a great show in store for you. Orlando City SC defender Kevin Alston will be here with us in our next segment. You're not going to want to miss that interview. Sonia talks to him about what it's like growing up in the Maryland area and now coming back to, uh, well, he's, he's out east again, but technically down in Florida. And then I ask him how the heck he ended up at Indiana as well for college and so many different things as well. As those of you that know, Kevin Alston overcame leukemia as well back in 2013 and won that battle. And uh, now he is back again playing professional soccer. Uh, we do want to remind all of you, of course, that you can listen to the show here on Fridays on the Sports Podcasting Network, on demand anytime on iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Spreaker.com. And then, of course, on social media for people like Sonia that live and breathe on social media, you can find us on Facebook by going to 2 Upfront on Facebook, and then at Twitter, 2 Upfront Soccer, and at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan, and then at Sonia Karate as well, of course, if you'd like to tweet at Sonia for anything. If you'd like to to praise her for her words of wisdom or bash her for her nonsense that she might spew the remainder of the show. I can neither confirm nor deny that she spews nonsense uh, for the next 80 to 90 minutes as well. So uh, we're sorry or you're welcome, depending on how the rest of the show goes, I guess, in advance. Very nice it. disclaimer. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm so, okay with that. All right. Well, we've got a lot of great things to get to today, Sonia. First and foremost, I think we need to start not even in America. Let's go to England because the Premier League has officially started. Uh, we teased it last week, of course, saying that the upcoming action was going to be uh, fairly exciting. However, in traditional Premier League fashion, uh, there was a ton of draws and not a lot of craziness, unless you happen to be an Arsenal-Liverpool fan. That that match, probably the match of the week, a 4-3 back-and-forth craziness uh, for Liverpool and Arsenal. But uh, some surprises, of course, from, from week one as well, as Hull City in the opening game defeats defending EPL champions oh Leicester City as well. Well, I will say that I did fall asleep um, at the at Liverpool Arsenal. Not at the game. I wasn't there. I was, <laughs> I was going to say, it was like you I were made, there. Wow. I made the fatal mistake of watching it from my bed, which only meant that I was going to fall back asleep. Right? Yeah. And so I woke up to see the second half, luckily. But, you know. And there was a lot to watch too in that game, which was which was crazy, of course. And I was following it a little bit, and it was I think one one at halftime, and then suddenly there just happened to be just a bevy of five more goals scored in that game too. It was just absolutely incredible. But I mean, the teams that were kind of supposed to win opening day did win. Chelsea won against West Ham. Man United beat Bournemouth three one. Man City beat Sunderland two one. And then there's a couple of draws scattered in there, too. But like I said, that surprise, though, Hull City, the newly promoted team in the Premier League, beating the, the champions, Leicester City. Uh, and Leicester City's not exactly barren of all their star players that they had last season either, Sonia. Right. No, totally. And that's the kind of thing. Like, I'm a little worried for Leicester because were they just being completely carried off that momentum of, like, oh, my gosh, we're about to do the coolest thing ever? Or just, like slowly rolling into the season, getting their groove back. I guess we'll see what happens. But Hull doesn't exactly have a, like, a manager right now. Right? I was going to say, I'm pretty sure last time I checked, Hull City is still circulating the coaching resume desk saying, hey, we need a coach. I have heard rumors, and I'm curious to get your opinion as well, Sonia, about uh, Bob Bradley's being considered uh, for well, this Hull City uh, job as well, too. Uh, Would you support that decision if they went that route? That's interesting. I haven't heard that. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I, don't know. I, it, I mean, it would be it would be kind of cool to see 
like an American. It's been, I don't know if that's ever happened. I mean, if I feel yeah. like I feel like Bob would be a good first American in the Premier League at a managerial role. I though am a diehard Tim Sherwood fan. Like, ah. I have a I have a crush on him. So I just want to like I just want him to come back so I can see him on TV <laughs> every week. Selfishly, selfishly, you know? of course. Hey, Tim yeah. Sherwood is a nice guy. Obviously, he he, he means well. Uh, you know, I mean, I think we should talk briefly, though, about the Manchester United game. Um, all the stars were out, of course. Pogba did not play in this game. Uh, they were holding him out for one more week, of course, as he was busy getting his fresh new blonde dew with, like, some red zigzag. Red, yeah, I got a rep. It's kind of weird, but, I mean, hey, he can pull it off. And it, the weird thing, too, is you do that. If I got that haircut tomorrow, I would be like, what is wrong with you? But on Paul Pogba, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, okay. a revelation in hair design. The amount of videos and content we've made around his hair is, <laughs> is pretty amazing. And then this is coming from a girl who doesn't even blow dry her hair in the Ew. morning. Like, I'm e- like so easy, laid back, and then you just I wake like up looking this fabulous. You're just like, oh, I woke <laughs> I up a, like this. I take a shower. The the amount of effort that I actually put into my hair is very. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> I had the exact um, uh, yeah. You know, I, I agree sometimes. Even for even as a guy too, I'm just like. Eh. I don't feel like doing anything with my hair today. Yeah. And so the fact that, I mean, but the hair is definitely part of his brand. It is. So, Which is funny know, because he doesn't it. use his header, his head for headers very often. You know, you can't. You gotta, with the hair, don't want to mess up the do. You got you to gotta look good. Otherwise, you know, he might not be paid 89 million pounds or whatever ridiculousness he's getting paid. A I lot don't know. of money. Either way, money, though. I, yeah. Right. Oh. No, go ahead. Oh no, I'm I am actually pretty excited to watch United this season. I've been kind of bored the last couple of years. So <laughs> I'm I mean, like, it's whatever. But now that Zlatan and Pogba and there's like a little you know, the stars are coming out. Not that that's a reason necessarily to watch games. I watch all sorts of games all the time, but like okay. I'm just excited to see what this combination holds for the rest of the season. Well, I feel like it as as with any team that has all the stars. When Barcelona and Real Madrid first, you know, made all those big signings a couple of years ago with all their players, it was always like, well, now that they have all these massive personalities and all these incredibly talented players, how good are they actually going to be? And so far, right. I mean, it's only been what two games that Man United has played together, and without Pogba on the field, they had the Community Shield, and then of course this first game against Bournemouth. But, I mean, they've done fairly well so far. They've been able to put it together. Obviously, Zlatan's got the biggest personality in all of soccer next to maybe Ronaldo, but that's a hard that's a hard battle to know exactly. But, I mean, he seems to be doing well. He seems to be adapting well, especially with Jose Mourinho as well as his manager now. Oh, my gosh, yeah, Mourinho. I'm excited by him, too. Like, he's just... <laughs> but another personality right there. So I agree. Great. No, I, my... I completely agree. My phone background, though, is actually me outside of Old Trafford holding a Zlatan scarf. Like, ah, so every day when I look at my phone, um, I, you know, I'm reminded reminded of him. Is he your uh, your soccer crush? If you could meet like one player and just oh, chill no. for a day, he is. I mean, so I have gotten I've gotten to stand like shoulder to shoulder with him in the tunnel at Red Bull Arena, just like by accident i was on my phone i looked up he was standing right next to me i'm like we're breathing the same air (laughs) totally crazy and it was right after an open cup game it was a friendly why was he there like or not really a friendly international champions cup against Fiorentina last summer but it was an open cup match right before that went to extra time and then went to penalties Mm. and so you have this really crazy moment where like all these european players were mingling with the mls players and i was in there 
uh, posting some stuff on my phone. I look up and Zoltana's right there in his tracksuit like, hey, what's up? Did you actually but, say hi to him or did you just like melt on the floor? Uh, no, I was just like, like just I couldn't right. believe that uh, he was right uh, there. Because uh, 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 I, I mean, I was totally zoned out. And the fact that like I was looking out on my phone for two minutes and I saw some of his feet and then I look up and it's, oh my gosh, it's Zoltan. <laughs> This is why you shouldn't always look at your phone, son. You may have actually gotten oh, to speak to him gosh. if you'd have pulled your face out of your phone. I know, I know. Kids, let this be a lesson. You may uh, look up from your phones and realize you're standing next to somebody very famous. Yeah, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, let's step away from the Premier League here, Sonia, uh, and go to USL. I know we don't talk about USL very often. We've had a couple of guests on the show in the past from the USL. Uh, Michael Cox from Orlando City B was just on the show a couple of weeks ago. And speaking of Orlando City, uh, they had a very interesting and uh, unique thing happen during their match this last couple uh, last week against Red Bulls 2, um, where they had the first uh, usage of video replay uh, in domestic competition. Uh, very interesting, very surprising um, for those that you know don't or know. Uh, they're trialing right now in USL and MLS a little bit. Uh, the use of video assistant uh, referees during the match. So if there is a controversial call, um, they can kind of get a call up to the booth basically and have somebody take a look at the replay and they can get a better opportunity to see, oh, the ref made the right call, the ref made the bad, made the, the wrong call. And uh, there were a couple of instances that came up in this game, one involving a free kick that got changed to a penalty kick and then a red card. And it was very interesting, and you have to wonder, too, with a, with a sport like soccer, so much, Sonia, it's, hey, the ref's word is official. That's it. That's done. I mean, you always see those players all up in the ref's face pleading their case like, I didn't touch him. It wasn't me, blah, blah, blah. But now they actually have a potential argument in that sense and be like, look, right. go check the tape, go do this, you know, and that might actually end up being a positive thing. But I wonder from, from, from your perspective, Sonia, if this is even a smart idea. Should this be even allowed in professional soccer at least here in america i don't know what the deal is over in europe yet right well i mean like look the amount of like crazy goals that happen because of a weird call or something and we repost them and then the banter that comes off of those Mm -hmm. like what happened you know we we would lose out on some some content there um if i think of it from like a social work perspective sure or like i don't know people love chiming in on their opinion of the ref oh yeah and it's not not going to stop with the video thing it's going to be like a whole new wave of complaints um but something i've been thinking about a lot lately because the olympics is like synchronized diving and like even gymnastics they we see the video replays but the judges don't see the video replay and Mm. so the judges only are going off of what they can see and they sit you know um if they're looking like the vault they're, they're not looking straight on to see if they're in the center. They're looking from the sides. Hmm. And so even like we see all these angles and get really hypercritical of everything when the judges don't actually see that. And so that's been on my mind a lot lately of like we're watching at home and you're like, wow, she wasn't in the center at all. But the judges can't tell that she's in the center or her feet were crossed because we slowed it down a whole mm. bunch. Um, that's always and- interesting. Yeah. And well, we hear about that, too, in other sports. I mean, the NFL, most notably, you can challenge calls in the NFL and, you know, their head coaches can throw the little red flag and the umpire can go under. And I feel like every single second of every NFL game is somehow always under instant replay. Right. And, which but- is partly why, like, I never have been into nfl and yeah. watching it has it's gotten a-, a lot more saturated with the with the instant replay because it's like we can't even play three plays anymore without somebody questioning some call it's like look just play the darn game we don't need to deal with this 45 minutes of extra <laughs> instant replay basically because it stops right. it slows the game and fans lose interest 
And the other thing is, is like, okay, say we have this video assistance. Then there's like the, the, you know, the refs in MLS that are like hated or like Mm -hmm. that are accused of always going to one side. Well, what if we have the video assistance and then it proves that they're like, they were totally fair and this was right. And like, you know, that's, I mean, it could go, it could go that way. No, I I agree with you on that. But like I said, I think it's, it's obviously good because. If you're not physically in the stadium, you're going to get a replay of the situation regardless. If you're watching on TV, the TV stations and the networks, they always run those 85 different camera angles because they have so many different cameras, obviously, in the stadium. But from purely a, a an opportunity to help out the referees call their match, I think it's a decent idea, personally. I think it's something that's going to take a long time to get fully developed and figure out the rules you know, maybe the the head coaches will get the opportunity to throw that challenge flag or something if there is such a huge controversial call. And it does give the referee an opportunity to go and say, hey, you know what? You're right. I made a mistake on this one. This is what the right call is because, you know, there's been times where the ref has made one call and literally every single other person in the entire stadium saw something else completely different than what the ref called. But as we know, professional soccer, Sonia, gets faster and faster each and every day. It's so hard to make a call on a split-second decision and be like, oh, that's what I did. And sometimes when you make the wrong call, you're stuck with that call, even though you knew it was the other call. But in soccer, you make the call, and it's done, and you just have to kind of move on too, which is which is crazy. So, uh, yeah, I think this is something that will potentially be a very uh, good thing for the league going forward. However, it's going to take a long time to really hash out though and I'm glad they're trialing it at least on the on the lower divisions first before they fully just dive in and say well let's see what happens right yeah because you can't really roll that out on like a game by game basis if you're gonna roll it out you have to roll it across all like uniformly across league right like you can't just do it for some teams or some games exactly no I I completely agree I mean how many times too have we heard teams like the New York Red Bulls complain that they just don't get calls in games and things like this might go back in their favor and be like look mr official sasha question got taken down from behind in the box and you said that it wasn't a foul or you said it was a foul on sasha not the not the defender who took him down this is an opportunity for them to go back and be like look we'd like to just be treated fairly and i think that's definitely one thing we've heard jesse marsh say a lot this season he's like look we we just don't get calls he's like if you guys he's like you guys could probably get full-on tackled in the box and we still wouldn't get the call because that's just kind of how it goes, unfortunately. What speaking of like coaches, do you you know have you listened to like the the mic'd up, you know, when they yeah. like mic up like Jesse Morris or Ben Olsen? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think? What do you think about that? Is it like too much? Is it like a little bit of invasion of privacy? Or are you totally into um, hearing all the? Well, I, from a there's a, there's two different sides of me. There's my you know fan consumer side that I'm like, ooh, I'm always curious. Like, what are they? You know, like that's kind of cool. Um, from a journalist side, I'm like, definitely like, Hey, I want to know what they're saying down on the field. So that way I can use potentially what they're saying and kind of use it on my, on my own way. I mean, some coaches are more, more vocal. I think Jesse Marsh is a fun guy to have mic'd up, but I mean, when they had the, the NYC, um, versus New York Derby, I mean, Patrick Vera wasn't saying much when they had him mic'd up. I mean, and obviously he got tossed as well too. So if you're sitting at if you're sitting in the production booth, you're like, well, crap! Like there goes half of our right. half of our stuff. But um, no, I, I've never minded. I think it's kind of cool. We hear that. I would probably prefer the coaches than the players because we'll you'll hear players mic'd up all the time, and there's you, it's beepity beepity every five seconds kind of a thing. So you don't want to be want to be dealing with that. But I like the, I like the idea from the coaches though. What about you? No, I'm totally into it. It's you see that, then you know the facial expressions, and we get gifts from the sidelines sometimes, and it's just like it's it's pretty cool to actually 
have a, an ear in there. I agree. I completely agree. What, I actually have a, one other question I want to ask you, Sonia, here before we run to our break and then bring Kevin Alston in. From someone uh, like you that does the whole social media side of things, do you think that the reason MLS is continuing to grow so much is because of how strong the social media push has been the last even two or three years? Because I feel like, as with most popular brands now, they live and breathe on social media. But do you think MLS especially has been able to excel and exceed expectations because of all the social media hype that's gotten around it and the more interaction with it? Yeah, I mean, like, teams are making a huge push for social media. The league is making a huge push for social media. And part of what we do at Kick is we want to be, like, your second screen experience. So if you're watching a match, like, you can hang out with us. And to be honest, like, a lot of times when I'm consuming games, it's through social media like i don't always have time to watch on tv or yeah same here MLS live so like i'm watching what you know my favorite like portland people are saying about a match or a journalist in toronto that i really like i am consuming it through their lens yep. and that's really great because i don't it's just it's it's fun it's like if you're by yourself and you can't watch the game you can kind of watch it's like you're watching with your friends exactly and it's, and it's almost like you're yourself. watching like six or seven different games at the same time because you might depending on how many people you follow you can scroll through even you know like one fingers scroll basically and it's right. like oh there's a game about toronto there's a columbus crew game there's a revs game it's like you get so many different feeds and insights based off of what you do on social media and part part of what i do is like i don't always tweet personally like a lot of text i'm very visual so i go to a stadium i want to like share to my followers like outside the stadium training or like the empty pitch like i want to totally put my own spin on it and show yeah. my experience and that's something that's really great and that's why I follow people, especially on Instagram, is, like, I really like your perspective. Like, you go to, like, every crazy old dilapidated stadium and just, like, document it. You might not even go to games. Or, like, this person works for Arsenal and is the groundskeeper, and I follow you because I want to see, like, the behind the scenes of grass cutting. And, I mean, I post a lot of, like, what I'm eating at stadiums um, or just kind of, like... Mostly tacos. Yeah, maybe a few. <laughs> For those that don't follow Sonia on any form of social media, you'll understand. You'll be like, wait a minute, why? What are my tacos? No, like, yeah. Like, I'm crossing off stadiums one by one, and a lot of them turns out actually have tacos. Do you power rank your taco stadiums? Like, do you have like oh, yeah. a specific place that you're like, look, if I, uh, if I'm not there, like if I have to be anywhere in the world, if I had to be trapped in one stadium for an entire season, I would have to eat these tacos. I'd be, I'd eat these tacos every single day. Look, I don't think that RFK has tacos. We have pupusas, we have Peruvian chicken, we have a lot of really great food. Hmm. Red Bull Arena has some dope tacos, but they. This is the issue, all right. This is like a little like more than you need to know, unless you're going to go to Red Bull Arena and get these tacos. They run out of toppings for the tacos. What? A lot of times before kickoff, like I'm sorry. Meat and cheese and a tortilla is good, but like I want the pickled vegetables, yeah, and whatever else. Like, and if you run out of that before the game even kicks off, it's kind of frustrating. That's very uh, frustrating. I feel like you need to plan better for that. It's like people are going to come and they're going to eat your tacos. Like, why right. don't you have proper? That's just poor planning. I, and I go there quite a bit, so there are various forms of Red Bull Arena tacos, and you will see some of them are very naked, and some of them are very colorful and pretty. So it's, it's, you know, I try to show the, the full spectrum. Gotcha. Uh, I went to Union DC match in Philly last month and I found out I've been going there for years and I never make it all the way to the opposite side of the stadium. Mm. There are tacos there. 
Wow, something good about the Philadelphia Union, I guess. That doesn't happen very often, especially, <laughs> especially when it comes to a taco thing, that's for sure. But, I mean, tacos are such a, such a weird thing when it comes to that. I mean, I don't necessarily know. I mean, that's not, I think that's such a sports-specific thing, though. Like, I can't probably go to, like, a Green Bay Packers game here in Wisconsin and probably find, you know, bomb-ass tacos. Like, it just doesn't uh, happen. Chicago Fire, when I went to go visit them last year, they have ice cream nachos. I'm talking about what? Cinnamon, sugar, cinnamon sugar tortilla chips with a brick of vanilla ice cream, some oh. whipped cream, chocolate syrup cherry i have a photo i took and then like there was a false goal like somebody hit the like it, it looked like it was gonna go in and somebody hit the pyro button so there's like fireworks popping out of all the corners of the stadium and there is the ice cream nachos in my hands like, <gasps> that sounds amazing Beautiful. oh my goodness i love it i love it i'm gonna actually be going to my first uh real mls game in october i'm gonna go to the chicago fire versus new england revolution game my wife there bought that as a uh, a one-year anniversary present for me she was like that wanna... is a wonderful present i was like you are my favorite wife not that i've had any other wives but you were <laughs> just gonna put that out there yeah exactly if i had uh, if i had a list of favorite wives you'd be the only one on my list because you're the only person i've ever married but yes as soon as i got that email because she sent me the confirmation email and then she told me about it so i like looked at it in my email box i was like what what and then she's like hey guess what i was like ah i was so excited i, I fully endorse soccer trips as presents yes i completely I love agree that. that's that is the, the greatest that's probably one of the easiest ways to become my friends as well too if you're like hey let's go catch a game i'll be like okay right. makes sense to me i mean and I, I i know you've traveled to a lot of different stadiums because of your job and i personally am kind of that same way like i don't mind paying to go to a game obviously i think that's fun but from a personal broadcasting perspective i would love to go to every single mls stadium in a work-related way i would love to be there calling oh, yeah. i would love to be there calling a game i would love to be there you know and get the behind the scenes because you don't get the full experience if you're just in the stands like that's great and i think that's a uh, that's a great experience but you get to see so many things behind the scenes too when you get to work in the media world like you and i do right no it's great and that's like i go the same place a lot but i i typically at least i try to create different experiences for myself like i'll sit in the away section and go experience that document that mm -hmm. or like go see the press press box be on the pitch for a bit like walk around um i think one of my my all-time favorite soccer memories was last season i got to go to leicester for yeah. three, three matches um, over the course of the season. And I, the first game I was in the press box, the second game I was in, um, my, one of my friends worked for the team and he had like season tickets in a corner. So I sat in his seats. And then the third time I was in the way section with Bournemouth supporters. And it's like, I've been here three separate times mm. and had three totally completely different experiences that's amazing i think that's probably like one of the best ways to go and experience a match is right. to do it from all three vantage points aside from playing in the game of course right of course <laughs> well, it's never gonna happen and i'd be like sonia we, we need we you dream. get down here <laughs> jamie vardy needs a party has a, having a party uh, and he needs you down there yeah, never going to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to our first break here, Sonia. When we come back, Kevin Alston will be here of Orlando City. Stay with us. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com.
Welcome back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm M. Baxter Colburn. And I'm Sonia Kondratenko. All right, Sonia, let's take a trip over to the beautiful sunshine state of Florida, my, my homeland, my home and native land, a place that I love so very much. And uh, let's have a chat with somebody that uh, is also very near and dear to my heart. Well, at least it used to be until he changed teams, at least. Uh, we're going to head to uh, the team that is now one of the expansion teams and is in their second year trying to figure things out, doing a fairly good job of it as well. We're going to go down and talk to Kevin Alston of the Orlando City SC team. Kevin, good afternoon and welcome to, to Upfront, Thank sir. Thank you. You're very welcome. Now, I, I want to just be clear. I'm not mad at you, of course, because if you haven't figured out by now, I used to. I am a New England Revolution fan, and I, I hold no no grudges <laughs> against you. I, I totally understand, you know, how the how the business of soccer works, of course. But I mean, um, I mean, how is life going in there down in Florida, though? I mean, you're playing for Orlando. You're pretty much have established yourself as a consistent starter now for the team as well, too. So things look like you're you're doing pretty well for yourself right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, things are good. You know, I love Orlando. Um, you know, it's always nice to get down to warmer weather and, um, uh, even better, it's, you know, it's a, it's a great club to be a part of and, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm happy, you know, things are good down here. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic to hear, man. I mean, especially playing for an expansion team, I'm sure that that has to bring a whole different level, of course, of, uh, of different things to you, um, now that you're here in year two of what's going on with Orlando and you've kind of seen where the team has come over the last two years, have you noticed mm-hmm. that the team has kind of started to come together a little bit more and the organization has started to put things together a little bit better as well? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think, you know, especially with the expansion teams, you know, things things always take time. You know, nothing happens in a day. But um, I, I think the club, you know, from the ownership down, has, you know, done a great job to put this team in a position to succeed and, I think, you know, things are getting better and better day in and day out, and um, it's starting to show more. You uh, had something that happened during the the middle of your season that most teams usually don't do until potentially the end of the season sometimes. You uh, you got a new head coach, actually. Um, yep. What was your initial reaction when you heard that your former head coach, Adrian Heath, was out, and then all of a sudden you're getting one of the most notable coaches in MLS history, Jason yeah. Christ, as your new head coach? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of emotions that go through your head. You know, it's it's never easy, um, you know, especially to go through something like that. And, you know, I like Daydream, you know, so it's, you know, at first you hear the news and it's like, oh, it's unfortunate, you know. Um, but but then, you know, you're quickly reminded that it's, it's part of the business, you know. You, you never want to see see somebody you like go, but um, but then you hear, you know, a guy like Jason Christ is coming in who's been um, successful in the league before and, you know, I've heard good things about him and, you know, uh, it, it, you, you know, it's, you got to get back to work and, um, you know, it's exciting, you know, it's, uh, never want something like that to happen, but you know, it, it, it does happen. You just have to move forward regardless. Exactly. And I think that's very commendable too, from everything that Orlando is trying to do right now as well. Can we just talk about for a second, like how awesome uh, Orlando city supporters look like every week on MLS, <laughs> watch, like watching yeah. on TV. I've been lucky enough to experience it myself and it was definitely one of the best atmospheres that I've experienced in the States. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it was one thing seeing it, you know, outside looking in last year, but, you know, seeing it firsthand this year, it, it's it's crazy. You know, it, they just have so much passion, and they really just jumped on the idea of having a soccer team in their city, and they just fully support it. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's really unbelievable. I've, I've never seen anything like it, personally. 
And I think that's one thing that makes um, MLS so special, though, too, is the supporters groups. You know, you hear about it. I mean, you, you spent enough time in New England. Obviously, you're used to the fort and what's going on, you know, with those guys up there. But you leave a, a, a stadium like that that's not really a soccer-specific stadium, and now you go to Orlando – and you get to experience those, you know, those pregame marches to the stadium, those the, the craziness mm-hmm. of the the actual soccer specific stadium, and it, it just, I think it just kind of brings the the atmosphere together a little bit more, which I'm sure makes you as a player yeah. so much more excited as well. Yeah, I mean it's 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 fun, it's exciting, it's great to have you know that atmosphere, you know, standing behind you. It, it really helps, you know, with those pushes during games. You know, it's it's, it's a good thing to be a part of. Talking with Orlando City defender Kevin Alston here on Two Up Front. Kevin, another thing that many folks that if they followed your career, they know a lot about is that you had a you had a battle and that you won uh, with leukemia a couple of years ago, and you have since been able to overcome that, of course, and now have been able to continue playing mm-hmm. the game that you love so much as well. Too, have you had to deal with any other repercussions or side things from that at all, or are you just you're completely healed uh, and moving forward? You no, know, in the big picture, not really. I mean, obviously, initially. It was hard, you know, having to take a step back and, you know, um, wait to, to, you know, go through the treatment process and recover and all that. You know, once you get through that, get back up to fitness and, you know, it takes time. But, you know, I mean, obviously there's, there's, there's always there's side effects, you know, the medicine and, sure, yep. and whatnot. But in the big picture, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful and happy to be playing. You know, it's, it's I really can't complain about it. You know, it's, uh, everything's good. You know, every day that I can step out on the field, it's, it's a good day. And we've heard that from a lot of different people too, sometimes on the opposite side of that saying, I'm, I'm never going to get a chance to play again. or I'm never going to be able to, you know, run around with my kids in the backyard again, kind of a thing. And you got a second chance at life yeah. basically. And, you know, you've obviously taken full advantage of that as well too, which is incredibly commendable, Absolutely. of course. How did growing up in DMV, which is where I am also from, like we love soccer. Okay. Soccer is so huge. So did you play a lot when you were growing up or like what, what kind of sparked your uh, uh, interest in soccer? It was, it was kind of random, you know, it was like, I think I was six, maybe six or seven years old, something like that. And, you know, nobody in my family played soccer before. And I, my dad was my basketball coach, you know, I played basketball, but there, we had a lot of kids in my neighborhood. And I, I think one of the parents just kind of stepped up and said, you know, why not just put a soccer team together? The kids love running around. Um, you know, we would play it at recess at school. I remember in, in, in elementary school and, you know, yeah, it, it kind of just took off from there, you know, it started as a, like a local rec league team and slowly, but surely, you know, I uh, start to move up, moved up to a travel team and kind of just, just go from there. It was, it was very random because nobody in my soccer played or nobody in my family played soccer before. It was kind of just, uh, just happened you know that somebody decided to put a soccer team together and it just happened to Loved lead it, to a, an all-star career for you basically <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. oh, we should give kids yeah. more soccer balls every other day then why not right <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it's the biggest youth sport and uh, it's growing growing exponentially in this country absolutely and that's the best thing about it i think because of how mls continues to grow as well too i, I am curious kind of going off what sonia said too kevin how did you end up in Indiana for college? You're you're from the East Coast. I mean, you're, you were yeah. born in Washington D.C. Honestly, it, it was so it was so random how it happened. You know, I when I was in high school, I was down in Bradenton, IMG, and yep. you know, my my dad went to North Carolina, so my entire life I was convinced that I was going to go to North Carolina and be a Tar Heel. And you know, even up up until the recruiting process, that I when I started going through all that and talking to schools, 
I thought, you know, for sure I wanted to go to uh, North Carolina, but if not North Carolina, somewhere in the ACC. So mm. I talked to Maryland, Wake Forest, North Carolina, and um, I, I went on the, my visit first to North Carolina, then um, Wake Forest, and then Maryland. Every time I go home, I go on an unofficial visit. Sure, sure. Talk to Sasha, whatever. But, um, it and, you know, it's kind of out of nowhere. I remember getting a call from my, my coach in high school saying, you know, there's this team, Indiana, that um, – we're asking about you and I, he said, what do you know about me? And I said, honestly, mm-hmm. nothing. And he was like, well, it's kind of like the real Madrid of, of college soccer. You know, they, at that time, I, I think they won it that year as I was talking to them. Oh, geez. Um, and you know, they, they had had the seven national championships and, you know, so I, I started watching them and, you know, I went on my visit out there and, you know, with meeting with the staff and seeing the campus, I, I fell in love, you know, literally first time I went out to visit, I said, I could really see myself here and you know I got a good vibe from the coaches and everybody just seemed very genuine and just kind of it happened pretty quick but I mean I, I don't regret a second of it. And we continue to hear Indiana too kind of become more of this soccer powerhouse school which is just it kind of baffles me sometimes too. I mean I, I live in the Midwest now I'm, I'm in Milwaukee Wisconsin so I'm used to it but I look around I'm like everybody just plays football around here it's like who actually plays soccer and that's why people uh, yeah. you know people like you and I that you know played soccer here in the Midwest they're just like what do you wow okay sure I guess but it's yeah it's kind I mean of funny. I think Derek Yeagley just he built you know culture down there and um you know he, he really built like a long-lasting legacy and you know now Todd following in his footsteps just done well to carry that on and I mean, I think it's just there's a lot of great players coming up in the Midwest, and Indiana's kind of like that central hub for them. Exactly. I mean, a, a quick shout out to former you know, to the Revolution forward right now, Femi Hollinger Jansen, as well, another uh, IU exactly. alum as well. <laughs> I'm not trying to rub it in, Kevin. I promise. I really do. I really. I... Unbelievably, we're already starting to wind down in the MLS season, so we have to talk playoffs for a second. How are you feeling? Good. Good. You know, I. I I said it from the start of the season that, you know, our goal first and foremost is to make the playoffs. And, you know, I, I, I really believe in this team. I think we have a great chance of doing that. Well, I mean, that's interesting, though, too, that you mentioned that, um, Kevin, about, you know, feeling that you guys still have a chance as well, too. I mean, the Eastern Conference is arguably the weaker of the two conferences in MLS. I mean, this, it's not hard to look at what the, the Western Conference teams do week in and week out and then look over to the East and be like, oh, okay, well, that's cute that you guys are still kind of doing things and stuff. But I think, do you, do you think because you're in a, a, the weaker of the two conferences and you, the, even the team right above you, DC United, you guys are tied in points right now, that it wouldn't be maybe as hard to get into one of those bottom two spots? Or do you think it's going to be more of a battle down the stretch? Uh, I think the one thing that's for sure in this league, it's always a battle. It doesn't matter if you're in the East or the West or who you're playing against. I mean, uh, every, day in and day out, each game is a battle. And I think the, the beauty of the MLS, is, you know, when you go from year to year, it, it's it's hard to, you know, predict who the best team is going to be or who's going to be on top of the tables. You know, it's there's so much. It, it's it's Every game is tough. There's no clear-cut favorites. And, you know, any result can go in any direction. So, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say it's easy, you know, with the, at the end to, to get those final two spots. I think it's going to be a battle. Nonetheless, but I, I I would say that I I like, um you know I I like our squad moving forward and I I like you know where we're going. I think I think we have a lot of potential. Do you think that it you're going to have a little bit of trouble down the stretch though, considering that only three players on your entire roster have scored goals this season? Um, 
not you know I, I it's hard to say because i feel like we have a very dynamic attack and i mean i don't think goals um has really been an issue for us this year so it's i, I don't think that would make things tougher on us you know saying that only a certain amount of guys have scored um you know i mean obviously it, it, it would help you know we we need them all to be playing you know and can continue that streak but I mean, I I really like our dynamic attack, and I think um, I don't think that's that's a burden. Fair enough, and you guys certainly do have that dynamic attack too. Of course, talking about Kyle Lahren, Kevin Molino, Kaká, and so many others too that chip in on a on a weekly basis. Uh, last thing here for you, Kevin. You guys take on the Colorado Rapids this season, which are this season this Saturday. Not um, and yeah, you, and you guys have. Uh, it's a very interesting matchup because Colorado has been kind of that Leicester City story for the, for MLS this season in terms of no one really gave them a lot of credit to start the year and then they've kind of surged up and but they've been back and forth with wins and draws recently. Are you intimidated at all about what you have to face this week, knowing that they don't number one let in a lot of goals and number two really don't lose very often either? No, I don't. I don't think intimidation's the word. You know, I, I like I said, before, I'm confident in. And, and our, our personnel and, and what we're doing. And, you know, I, 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 anytime we step on the field, I like our chances, you know, it's every, no game is easy, but I, you know, if we, if we put our best performance forward, I, I like, I like our chances. Fantastic. Well, Kevin, we really appreciate you taking time here on two up front today, sir. We wish you and Orlando the very best of luck uh, on Saturday. as you guys take on the Colorado Rapids that. and uh, we hope to have you back on again in the future if it works out as well. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome, sir. All right, we are going to run to a break. When we come back, we've got more exciting action in store for you. Stay with us. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Com. I'm Baxter Colburn. And I'm Sonia Kondratenko. All right, Sonia, let's move on with the show here. Let's take a look at the Olympics and all the craziness that's been going on with that. As many people know, by this point, the U.S. women's national team is officially out of the Rio Olympics. Uh, Brazil has moved on. Canada has moved on. And maybe what of a surprise, and Germany has also moved on from the quarterfinals. But we don't really care about anybody else, Sonia, except for the U.S. women's national team, right? Yeah. Are you? Uh, let's do a quick reality check. Are you happy or sad right now about how the U.S. women's national team is being out? Uh, well, you know, they would have been the first team to win the World Cup and then the Olympics back-to-back had they not crashed out, which I love, like, a good, I don't know, history. Make. Like, I love world records, sure. Olympic records, like, good stories. So in that aspect, I'm pretty bummed. And, you know, I want our country to do well. Obviously, yeah. And I think that's the funny part, too, about it is that this seems to be like the one major soccer record that has yet to be broken. Right. You know, we've heard everybody, you know, we've heard those teams go on to win the World Cup and then the Euros. We've seen the men for Spain do that before. And Germany, of course, has done it before in the past, too. But the U.S. women's national team, they lose um, after try- after tying 1-1, then they lose in a penalty kick shootout uh, to Sweden. And not only did that kind of bit of a bit of a reality check for a lot of people too, but then it was what happened afterwards. It was the one lady that so many people know for her not being afraid to speak. Hope Solo sang uh, 
maybe the right things or, as a lot of people said, the wrong things um, with her comments about calling Sweden, um, you know, cowards and saying that they just kind of parked the bus and didn't come after them in open play. What do you make about comments like that from someone that is obviously so established in the whole world of soccer? Uh, it's tough. Um, and it kind of is a little cringy to me. I don't know. I'm a little more reserved, but that's just my <laughs> really? personality. So it's hard to imagine going out there and saying those things. But she was playing. She has a lot invested in the game. You know, that's her Sure. Job. But I feel like there's a fine line, though, between saying, you know what, they played better than us, and just and all, but just cleanly just going out and just going on a tirade, though. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's become a common theme with Hope. So... Like all the stuff that she did up, like leading up to them playing and yeah. all the tweets, like I just felt in her doing that and kind of like slamming Brazil and the whole Zika thing. Like if you're going to do that, then you really have to bring it and you have to like kill it at the Olympics. And, and let's that... be honest, her, her performance at the Olympics was very boring i feel like yeah you know that could be that'd be a good way to say it i mean my favorite thing of course in that opening match people and the fans were shouting zika every time she you know took a goal kick you know like how the mexicans will do when the u.s take a goal kick too with right, the, with a right. different chant that they use yeah um so it was just kind of funny to see that her kind of come under so much criticism so i think the big thing now sonia looking forward at least in my opinion is of course anytime you have a team lose this early is the question now, of course, is, is Jill Ellis still going to have a job going forward? What do we go forward from here? Will Hope Solo be the goalkeeper at the next World Cup? Did you know different things with Carly Lloyd and Alex Morgan and blah, blah, blah. What do you what do you first take away, though, when you hear about, you know, the, the rumors about Jill Ellis? You know, does she need to be fired? Does she need to go back to a different role? Because she was in a more of an administrative right. role before. Yeah. Well, if so, if the U.S. men crashed out of the Olympics, would Klinsman be fired? Well, I, and that's the thing, too, because <laughs> then you look at it from that perspective and you're like, Jurgen Klinsman could basically, almost like Donald Trump for the Olympics, he's like, I could go out in the South in Central Park and shoot somebody right now and you'd still elect me for president. I feel like that's kind of right. how Jurgen Klinsman is, too, when it comes to the men's national team. It's like we could get, we could not even make it out of the group stage of a World Cup and I'd still have a job. Jill right. Ellis is held to a different standard, though, I feel like, because she won the World Cup fairly semi-easily with the U.S. Women's National Team, but we know she's capable of doing things. Jurgen Klinsmann, in my opinion, has never done anything <laughs> that fantastic where it's like, well, oh, he's got that buffer. Yeah, and I remember a couple months ago when we were seeing like all of these Klinsmann out scenarios really hard, like yeah. people actively saying, I don't want us to win because I want Klinsmann gone. <laughs> Well, even with us not winning, though, he still is there, though. Like, what right, do you right. have to do? But in this situation, there was a lot of people, especially on Twitter, you saw they wanted the women's national team to kind of struggle and prove that they're human and humble them a little bit because maybe they were getting a, a little too big for their britches. But Yeah. So, I mean, I guess now if you're the U.S. women's national team moving forward, should you feel humbled if you're any one of those players you lose earlier in a tournament than you probably should have you you lose to a team in sweden who could have been argued as the worst team remaining still in the tournament depending on who you ask i know there's some australia fans out there too that aren't mm -hmm. you know that would you could you know make an argument and we know china's not nearly as good as they used to be either 
so do we is this a major upset i guess i mean i think it is i think anytime the u.s loses to anybody besides france or even germany i think that's yeah. an upset I, I mean i thought or i think that a lot of people thought that we would maybe just kind of coast through it and yeah. it was going to be super easy and like i'm not going to even really watch until it gets into the later rounds and then all of a sudden we're out so yeah, it is. It's one of those things where you're like, well, they, and that's what a lot of folks and myself, I'm very guilty of that, too. When I found out, you know, how they were doing, I'm like, you know what, you know, talk to me once they get to the semifinals and we'll kind of go from there. It's, you know, I wasn't really concerned about it. And even for who they would have had to have faced in the semifinals in Brazil, we know Brazil hasn't even had the greatest tournament either. So I feel like that would have been kind of a cakewalk no. for them as well. Can we talk real quick about the the Olympic uniforms? Please, please and how do. the all white like, you know, when the Nike first rolled out those kits and mm-hmm. there was so much controversy about, like, the template kit and the awkward sleeves and everything. <laughs> you Are you digging the all-white? Um, I mean, I, I like most things that <laughs> Nike does, but when it comes to the Olympic jerseys, I never am that thrilled by them. And I know they can't be the official crests of any right. nation because it's not that. But I don't mind the U.S. jerseys. I don't mind the U.S as a whole when it comes to their their jerseys usually for the women the men are a whole nother story with the where's waldo jerseys and the miss america sash and everything else that they've had over the last couple of years but um no i mean i I would have probably preferred those over those like the the white and black ones they had at the world cup with like those rave green socks i was oh yeah i was not into that really i don't really know what the deal was with that so kind of kind of weird in that regard so i mean kind of going from here then sonia looking forward for u.s women's national team fans do we panic? Do we just say, you know what? It happens. Let's give our gals some much needed rest because they've had a very busy last 12 months, last 12 calendar months. You go from playing in the World Cup to having a small break and then the NWSL season kicking off and then playing in the Olympics as well, too. These gals haven't had a lot of time yeah. to rest. And loads of friendlies. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, I mean, if the men played this many friendlies, I feel like there would be a whole nother scenario. Yeah. But, and I think that's part of like you look at the women and they have this crazy fandom but it i do think it's because they're so accessible like they play these friendlies and young girls show up and then nwsl you can hang out after the game and meet them and get your stuff signed and they have a really great community surrounding them but at what point does it become too much of a a grind yeah no i completely agree with you and that's one of the things too we've had so many different um you know we've had crystal dunn on the show before too and we talked to her and one of the first questions we usually ask those u.s gals is like how how are you feeling are you tired because like you do so much within the course of even 12 months that you have to just be exhausted i mean and i know i'm not nearly in the same shape that they're in of course but even still just mentally though thinking about everything that they have to go through with the practices and the media and playing games against world-class teams has got to be tiring yeah and even you mentioned media so like they all do way more like press and sponsorship you know commercials photo shoots than the men do is that because they're still are they then then that can go into a debate too in that regards too about are they still not as popular as the men or are they too popular or are they and maybe it comes down to different demographic because you know i'm going i'm going down the aisle and like alex morgan's on a ritz cracker box or something yeah it's like where's clint dempsey where's tim howard where's the faces of men's soccer is it once landon donovan retired retired did that kind of change the narrative of what it means to be a u.s soccer player right yeah you know it's very it's very interesting in that regards but then you also 
since the, the since they've been around for not as long as the men and the NWSL as we know is still kind of struggling along too is is that are they still trying to say hey we're relevant we are actually really good don't fall asleep on us kind of a thing and maybe it's that self-conscious of saying we don't really know if we're actually as popular as we think we are you know right you know, it's it can it can go a lot of different ways, honestly. So, well, Sonia, I'm curious here um, with the semifinals being the way they are: Brazil, Sweden, Canada, Germany. Do you have any predictions for these two matches? At, that, uh, at this point, I kind of now. I kind of think I want Sweden to just like kill it and go just win away. it all and be like, ha! Be like, I also really love that they have H Maker sponsor, whatever. Like that's <laughs> awesome. H and M, Swedish company. Love it. That's cool. That's yeah, like one. I agree you know, nice reminder about the Olympics. It was like super global competition in every country representing themselves. I'm surprised the Ikea didn't sponsor them. I feel like that would have been a, or is Ikea Swiss? No, they're Swedish. No, they're Swedish. They're but Swedish. like, yeah. I mean, I feel like they, they could find the angle in there somewhere. Exactly. Right. You know, I don't know the yeah. Ikea goal of the game or something like that. Like working a sponsorship <laughs> like or it, something. Like I don't know. So are you going to take Sweden over Brazil in the semifinals here? Yeah. I mean, like, but that's the thing. See, I'm such a sucker for, like I said earlier, these stories. Like, sure. Oh, it'd be great for Brazil to win it because it's their home and yeah. all that. But like, but, but when you when you times. when you say that you're a sucker for that story, what about Canada though? Isn't it Canada's time uh, finally to win? Wait, this is this is too hard. <laughs> okay, so like, let's just. So Canada, let's say Canada yeah, beats no, Germany. I mean, I feel like Canada gets so forgotten about. True. Um, well, because they're even, Canada's always that stepchild or that little sibling to the U.S. in every sport right. but hockey, basically. Yeah. No, that's that's true. All right. So this is this is a tough one. I think I think Canada's going to make the final. I mean, I know Germany's obviously got a you know a quality team. We saw what they did at the World Cup, but for some reason. What Canada's done, I think, is remarkable. I think that yeah, and they had is... the what a goal like twenty seconds in, which was yeah, the Olympic record. record. They started the Olympics with a goal in twenty seconds. That's kind of like hello, everybody, we're here yeah, and we're ready we're to here. kick ass, yeah. basically. You know, it's just like they they've got such a great team and such a great core group of ladies too that have been around. You know, Christine Sinclair, Diana Matheson. They just it goes on and on about the amazing players that they have. And beating a team like France is no small feat either, though. Right. Especially if some would consider Canada a worse team than the U.S. women's national team, and they still beat France, you know? <laughs> so are you, so what do you think? You got Canada beating Germany, Germany winning? Okay. At this point, no, I, I'm kind of over Germany. I'll I think a lot Canada of people are. Over Germany. Canada over Germany. So you've got a Canada-Sweden gold medal match. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, why not? So then are you just going <laughs> to pick a draw in the final? Or what are you hoping for then if you're picking your two underdogs? See, I'm too nice about these things because I'm always like, I, I want everybody to win. Well, it's, well. that's not and how the like real world works, job. Sonia. you got to you know? put a little fire Fair in it. and balanced and whatever. But, such uh, a flower child. Uh, Except for it comes out, there's a few teams where I'm like, do or die. Like, you have to win, you have to win, you have Obviously. to win, or else it's gonna like make me cranky tonight. Um, yeah, just, why not penalties? Like, let's just everything goes. Well, someone, someone's so. still gotta win them, Sonia. <laughs> why not? Who's gonna win? I don't have penalties? to make any solid decisions, I can sleep on this. 
can think about it. Okay. I expect an answer from you sometime before the gold medal match actually kicks off or before the All last right. penalty kick is taken. You'd be like, oh, I think that Canada's going to win. I think Sweden's going to win. I feel like I should have done like some kind of Olympic soccer bracket. Probably. Like, we, I mean, I'm sure there, there's crazy fans out there. We do brackets, and we, did, and we didn't do an office bracket for Olympics this year. Well, let's be honest. I mean, we haven't really talked about the men's soccer at all because nobody really cares. Okay, the stadiums are so empty. It's ridiculous. Nobody cares and about the men's soccer My team. theory is just like, why, like, why aren't we just like finding kids, like kids that play soccer, kids that have nowhere to go, like youth programs, and yeah. just bringing them to these events? So that they can see something positive, Preach. you know, see something inspiring. Mm-hmm. Go, like, I don't know. It's, it's That's foundation of a lot of my love of soccer is like going to games when mm-hmm. I was little. They weren't always the coolest games, but to be in a big stadium and yeah, see absolutely. players from all over the place got me hooked. I, I completely agree. I mean, let's be honest. DC United hasn't always been great. And you've been a DC support, United supporter for, for eons and, and all that too. But you know, I'm sure there's been a couple of times you've gone to games and been like, wow, they suck. But you know what? I am happy that I'm here, you know? Especially lately. That's another story. <laughs> Didn't they have just a three-win season just a couple of years oh. ago something like that? Yeah, I don't know. We're not going to talk about that. No, no, not at all. All right. Well, we are going to run to a break, though. When we come back, we've got more exciting action for you. You are listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFootsall.com. Stay with us. Presented by ShopFootsall.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. And I'm Sonia Kondratenko. All right, Sonia, let's move along to the wonderful world of Major League Soccer. Something so near and dear to both of our hearts and something that uh, you're, you're leaving in a, in a short time as well, too. However, it will always be in your heart, though. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can discuss that later. Anyway, uh, a fun and exciting week of action in MLS, Sonia. A lot of draws. A lot of draws. Uh, more draws than I kind of expected, honestly, based off of some of the games that were going on. But um, let's take a look at what happened. Let's start on Friday night with Vancouver hosting the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, a game that San Jose obviously was able to control and take a 2-1 victory on. Quincy Ameriqua and Simon Dawkins getting the goals. And then Nicholas uh, Mezquita with that 94th-minute goal, more of a consolation just to break that uh, David Bingham clean sheet, which I'm sure goalkeepers love having broken at the last <laughs> possible second. It's like, come on, really? Yeah, that's always that get, always gets me. Hate when I that love happens. a good clean sheet. Hate it, hate it. But San Jose, though, they, they needed this win, though, realistically. I mean, they have been struggling recently. But on the same accord, Vancouver, they're desperate for a win, too. And yeah. another loss. Another loss for them. I just... I don't. I don't know. What's what's a what's a good takeaway from this match, of uh, Sonia? Uh, well, <laughs> both those teams to me kind of fallen off the radar when I think about the West. Yeah, you know, I, agree. I think about like Dallas, Colorado, L.A., Salt Lake, and yep. then, like, and then Portland is pretending to be relevant. But I mean, San Jose though they're they're only one point out of the playoffs. Vancouver's only two points out of the playoffs. Like that's the weird thing about it. I mean, I know that sixth place 
in the West and in the East, there's kind of that laughing matter. It's like, well, re- even a couple of years ago, sixth place didn't even make it in. So it's right. like, it's like, oh, you're in the playoffs, but not really. You're kind of like the awkward stepchild we have to invite to family gatherings because, you know, great Aunt Bertha loves you. But <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's you. a great way to put it. That's kind of how it is, you know. So yeah. anytime it, it's kind of how I feel as a Revolution fan too. If the Revs get sixth place in the playoffs, I'll be like. Yay, they're in the playoffs, but I'll be like, but it kind of doesn't count. So, right. you know, no, it's a... I'm, and we're we're getting to that stage where it's like where we're talking playoffs, which is crazy. I know. Cuz like didn't this just start? Well, we played <laughs> I believe the I think we've played 22 weeks of, of MLS yeah. now, I think out of 34. I think that's what we officially play is 34 weeks of MLS. So, we're we're almost three fourths of the way done, Sonia. That kind of makes me sad, in total honesty. But uh, yeah, with that win, though, as we mentioned, though San Jose, they go to seventh place now in the Western Conference. Um, all right, let's move along here and look at some of the other games. Uh, the Red Bulls hosting the Montreal Impact, a game that a lot of folks in the Eastern Conference were really excited about. I feel like, and uh, the Stars were out at least for uh, three out of the four goals. Ignacio Piatti got the game started. BWP scores twice. And uh, as you mentioned off air, he supposedly set an MLS record. Is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's very interesting. I mean, now with that, he's now uh, he's he broke Juan Pablo Angel's club record of fifty eight regular season goals. And for those that know the Red Bulls back in the day, Juan Pablo Angel was a god when it came to scoring goals. And I think announcers just love saying his name too. That, oh, for sure. I, I always love the goal highlights of him because the announcers are always just going crazy with his name. And I'm like, yep, that's he's got a good goal scoring name. Um, but then Sean Davis as well uh, added the final goal in the 46th minute as well. Um, if you're the Montreal Impact and you're a fan of them for whoever you are that might be out there, are you worried about the inconsistencies from the team? Are you worried about Drogba, Piatti, and the rest of the club just not always knowing what their identity is, Sonia? Yeah, and I think that they they probably rely on Drogba and Piatti a little too much. But, but, Drogba, but I mean, Drogba's such a diva, Drogba though. Piatti in, isn't I mean, that kind of why they're there? So. I agree. No, I, I agree, but I, I always find it funny, though, and I always think that Drogba is such a diva when he's like, I won't play on turf. It's. I mean, I get it. Yeah, and, like, skipping the whole, like, first month. Yeah, he's like, oh, we and... play on turf for, like, you know, the first six games. Nah, I'm good. It's like, like <laughs> I was always kind of just, like, whatever on the turf thing, and then yeah. I got hurt on turf, and now I'm just yeah. like, Oh, like, uh, I get you. Got it, bro. I got. It. I mean, uh, I mean, I played high school and college soccer on turf a lot too. But I mean, I, per- I personally have never gotten hurt on turf, so maybe that's why I'm just like, whatever. It's turf. Like I'll play on yeah. any surface. I'd play on blacktop or, or artificial turf. It doesn't bother me one way or another. But I mean, you're a professional player, and if you're if you're the head coach of Montreal too, and Drogba comes to you, and I understand he carries a lot of weight, but he would if he just says, I'm just not going to play on turf. As a manager, for me, that would be a very hard reality check to be like, do I need him on my team? Yeah, so like, what happens when you go to Orlando and what happens when you go to Portland? And if Impact played on turf you know, for the full season, yeah. would he have ever even signed there in Probably the first place? Probably not, no. And that's the thing, too. And I always ask this question, too, when it comes to the playoffs you know, as well. You know, what if they have to go to New England? What if they have to go to Portland for an MLS Cup final or you know, any of those like crucial games it's that are on possible turf, is he just gonna say no thanks and the team is yeah. just kinda hung out to dry because they don't have a lot of attacking options. The tricky situation there. It really is. It really is. I mean so Montreal they find themselves in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. The Red Bulls 
are back in third place now with 36 points, 10, 9, and 6 on the season. Sonia, you've been to Red Bull Arena once or twice in your in your day. Um, have you have you picked up anything in your travels? Are people a lot more excited now after the slow start from the Red Bulls and they've kind of rejuvenated yeah, now? They have such a good core fan base that it's always come out, always super loud. It's like the in between. It's like filling the you know outside of the supporter section up. Yeah. That can be tricky sometimes. Um, people love BWP. Like love. What's not him. to love? What's not to love? He's a fun guy. Yeah, and he's like, I mean, he just has a really great presence, and I think a lot of what's up with the Red Bulls is that they are pretty low-key. They're not, for the most part, like, normal guys, very humble, but they've become local superstars, like Mike Grella, Mm -hmm. what they call him, the the Long Island Messi or something crazy. (laughs) I don't know. I'll be Um, honest, at least watching him on TV, Grella looks so slow. I don't know if that's the case in real life, but I see him. I've seen him on TV a couple of times, and I'm watching him, and I'm like, you're... and then he just somehow finds the net. Yeah, which is I'm the like, most but, but thing, you're, so. I was like, you're so slow. How are you still duking people out? I'm like, just watch the ball. Come on. <laughs> but, I don't know. I don't understand uh, it. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I knew. <laughs> if I knew how to be slow and also play soccer, then. <laughs> We might have a different career going on. That's true. Right now, that is very but... true. It would be an exclusive interview with international soccer star Sonia Kondratenko. <laughs> yeah, right. I okay. Love it. I love um, it. But I think that one of the questions that comes up with BWP, especially if you're outside of the New York area or the Red Bulls fandom, mm-hmm. um, is the the question I get asked all the time is why did BWP suck in England? And <laughs> just comes here and is like owning it at Red Bull. Mm hmm. I mean, there's a variety of, you know, options for that answer, yeah. but I think he just found his groove and found where he belongs. The same argument could be made about his brother, Sean Wright Phillips, who had yeah. a fairly decent English career, and now coming to MLS, he just doesn't play very much. Doesn't yeah. show a lot when he's here. I mean, it, the leagues are different for everybody, honestly. I mean, we see that all the time. Speaking of the other New York team, Sonia, they had a awkward surprising draw with the columbus crew who have be similar to the chicago fire have kind of become the whipping block of the eastern conference this season um disappointment is that the right word if you're an nycfc supporter i mean this is a match i feel like they should have won yeah i would have especially lately expected them to win this but i think that the interesting thing is is the way that people talk about nycfc is that you would never know that they're in first no I literally have to check the standings every single day and be like, yes, okay, yes, I'm still awake. This is real. I was like, what? How are they in first place? And so, like, at what point have they proven themselves enough to be like, yeah, they're in first? I mean, you can make the argument about their dismantlement of Colorado, but that's their only claim to fame this year. Oh, you beat the the undefeated team this year. In the rain. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I, I... I want to I wanna give them credit, but there's no team in my mind in the Eastern Conference this season where I'm like, they could win MLS Cup. I just, I'm just not sold on it. I know this is the constant East-West battle every year where you look at like four Western Conference teams like, yep, they could win, they could win. And then you get to the East, especially this year, and you're like, uh, no. Like, I just... Yeah. And maybe that's just my personal opinion. I don't know if you share that, if there's any one team that you could see in the East be like, you know what? They have a chance. Right now, no, and it's so up in the air. Like I was really excited for when Philly was was up top. And <laughs> Philly kind of, you know, they've had some rough times, and and I think that 
my trips to Philly this season, the energy has been so good. The city yeah. is like on fire. They're so happy. They want that, you know, that title. And I was feeling that. Duke um, Nation. But NYCFC, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it was really interesting. And I'm, I mean, Lampard has kind of changed his narrative a little bit. He's flipped the script. It's amazing what Sports. scoring goals does for <laughs> he's you. Actually yeah. playing, Suddenly everyone's like, oh, goals. Frank Lampard, what a guy. Like, he's so nice. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, he's still doing a lot for the team, though. I feel like he is. And the fact that he yeah. and David Villa are scoring consistently for NYCFC proves, number one, that they're quality players. But number two, proves that the rest of the team just still isn't that good, though. Right. No, and the greatest, the greatest thing that happened this season for me was that trifecta, the DP trifecta when Villa, Lampard, and Pirlo all scored. And I'm like, this might never actually ever happen again, guys. Well, I mean, it's so rarely that Pirlo scores anyway because he's never been known as an elite goal scorer. He's always been the man to drop the ball 60 yards and a dime on your foot and then you score. It's like, okay. Yeah, but I, I, I always wonder that question, though. If you take David Villa, Lampard, and Pirlo off of NYCFC, they're probably not first anymore. Yeah, and we have to also talk about uh, Mix Discord is still on that squad somewhere. What is he? Although what is he, is he I think playing. I saw him carrying water. Like, was he running out of the field as a water boy last week? Like, what is he? Like, I see him doing a lot of post game, you know, exercises and drills. Um, and which the, is and the transfer window's closed now too, so he's stuck on that team for the, at least the rest yeah. of this year. I don't understand why they didn't try to move him. I feel like there's a couple of clubs around MLS that were like, hey, we'll take him. You know, yeah, we'll- I mean, and, and Poku got bought up by Miami in the NASL, so, and he, total fan favorite. Yeah. yeah. And that might just be the mixture of Patrick Vieira, though, being the head coach, though, I feel like. Yeah. That's, a, that's a mixture of both. Well, you, you talked about Philadelphia, Sonia, and I didn't want to talk about this game because it hurt. It hurt deeply. Um, but uh, the Philadelphia Union beat the New England Revolution, as many people know, is my favorite team by a, a nice resounding score of 4-0. to uh, a, a complete match all across the board. Uh, four different goal scorers. Chris Pontius got a goal and an assist. Charlie Davies got an assist. TJ Sapong, Richie Marquez, Roland Alberg. It was, a, it was a quality match through and through if you're the Philadelphia Union. And like you mentioned, that sparked that fire of what we saw from Philly early on in the year. They find themselves in fourth place now in the East, um, that was only their second road win, though, of the year, which blows my mind because New England, for the most part, has been fairly consistent at home this year, too. I mean, they're 5, 3, and 4. They'd only lost twice before that at home. So a very disappointing result from the Revolution. I saw, I actually saw the first article that I've been waiting for in this entire time, Sonia, should Jay Heaps be fired? I saw the headline. I saw the question. I I want to hear your answer first. <laughs> Like I said before, I'm too nice for this because I'm going through the same thing with Ben Olsen at DC. Yeah. And it's hard. I don't like, like, changes and things, but, you know, we saw (laughs) Seattle and Siggy part ways. And, like, what? You know? I mean, but Seattle is also. Seattle as a whole was a hot mess, though. Yeah. I mean, realistically. But. I feel like Ben Olsen's job is still safe because look at what they did in the transfer market this year. They were moving players. He was making a conscious effort to say, look, I want to win. I'm going to try to bring players in to win. 
New England kind of ish did a little bit. Not really, though. I mean, they kind of let people go more than brought them well, in. Well, so how does it make you feel to see Charlie Davies suited up in Union gear? Exactly. I feel like that was kind of a slap in the face. And I remember looking at the roster going, yeah, Revolution, we're real deep on forwards. I'm like, mm-mm, not really. So what if you guys go on to win Open Cup? Um, I think that'll certainly help Jay Heaps. I don't know if that's going to help the team do better in the regular season. Yeah. And do the, like, do the regular season type fans actually really even care about open exactly. cup? Would they, would they rather that energy go into like securing a playoff spot? Exactly. That's the big thing. I and mean, we had a, we had a Simon and I uh, had a big debate on last week's show with um, the cup.us senior editor, Josh Hakala as well too, talking with him about it. It's like, Nobody comes to U.S. Open Cup games. Like, attendance this year is just buried. And I'm like, I don't understand why, though, especially when you have two MLS teams playing each other. I'm like, it's still an MLS game. It's still mostly the best players from each team on the field. And normally tickets are cheaper. Yeah. I'm like, why would you not go? That's the prime time to go and catch some of your favorite players on the field. It's like, come on, guys. The U.S. Open Cup, in my opinion, is such a hot mess with some of those things. I don't even know what the best way is to solve that honestly <laughs> anyway uh, let's move along through some of these other games um you were at the dc united portland timbers match uh dc got maybe a surprise win depending on who you ask they find themselves back in the playoffs now with yeah. that victory what do you think about this match well after last week's very painful draw against the union i was so happy to yeah. see us get get a win um i think though we have to give the heat some credit Timbers totally melted. Like I think Merritt Paulson was even tweeting the day before, like call off the game, postpone the game. It's too hot, and it was too how hot, hot. Was it? But we won, so I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Do you know? Do you have a, an idea of how hot it actually was? Like temperature was? I sent a Snapchat maybe an hour before kickoff that had the hundred degree. Wow. Uh, and I think with heat index, it was like one ten. Oh my goodness! So they pushed kickoff back an hour. They let people bring water into the stadiums, which is great if you knew that kickoff was going to be an hour late and you could bring water into the stadium because people, but... you know, show up ready to go. If you're in your car, you might have missed yeah. the announcement, um, but it was still disgusting. Like I got out of the stadium 1030 or so and it was so hot. It I was, was still I saw your so, Snapchats so and I remember you being um, just like, I feel sticky, it, I feel gross. Good turnout for the heat, all yeah. things considered. Timbers like the east coast platoon turn out for these dc games all the time i mean a bigger away section than what philly brought hmm. last they t- they week turned which out is for kind of crazy because like people i don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of west coast transplants in dc agreed um but a lot of people that also made the trip for the game hmm. only to see them lose sorry guys but yeah what are you gonna do the fun times of MLS. All right, uh, looking at the other games, there's a couple of draws. Chicago and Orlando, they drew. The Dynamo and TFC, they drew. FC Dallas and Sporting Kansas City had a nice 2-2 draw as well. And the Galaxy and Colorado uh, had a 1-1 draw as well. Seattle did get that 2-1 victory over RSL. Despite all the odds, Seattle has recently been like, you know what, we're going to still try to be relevant. <laughs> we're going to try to make the playoffs because that's what we do in the Western Conference is just give everybody the middle finger and try to defy the odds. I mean, it's funny too, and I always make fun of this too, Seattle would be in the playoffs if they were in the Eastern Conference with 27 points. Oh, yeah, which is amazing, right? Oh, my gosh. That's always the funny part about it. Even the worst, even the Houston Dynamo would only be just a couple of points out of the playoffs, and they're the worst team in the West. It's just, I I love the East. 
and I hate the East. I do. I am such an East Coaster, and I like am very East Coast MLS minded in yeah. the scope of like Same that's here. where a lot of my travel lies. Yep. Like I don't get to go out to the West Coast in that much, or, or even like the Midwest, like SKC or whatever you want. Yeah. No, I completely agree. So but, I mean, were there any of those games that ended in draws, Sony, that you want to hit on at all? Or I mean, I don't know if there's much really. Yeah. I mean. I mean, obviously that LA Colorado one one draw. It's always fun to see those Western powers duke it out. Yeah. You would rather see a winner than a draw, but both especially what Tim Howard is a Colorado. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a thing. That's a thing. And then, yeah, huh. yeah. Um, an interesting weekend. Of anything, I feel like I'm know? really excited for this weekend MLS though. Yeah, like super excited. That's a very good segue because we need to make some predictions about this okay. upcoming week of action. So let's start with San Jose and Houston. Who do you like in that matchup? I want Houston to make a comeback. They started off the season so good. Yeah, I agree. They were a fun team to watch. But so. is that where your heart actually is, though? I I don't want to say that like San Jose doesn't really do anything for me, but they don't really do San anything. San Jose doesn't for do me. a lot for a lot of people, realistically. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm still choosing them though as my team. All right, you go. I mean, I like I want to get to Avaya. The stadium looks so dope, but like I just don't have like anything that really attaches me to San Jose. Sure. Like normally, I can find a reason for liking everybody, yeah. and I'm just kind of like, eh. yeah. what are you gonna do, right? No, I, mm-hmm. I totally get that. Um. All right. So you got uh, Houston. I've got San Jose. Let's look at NYCFC and. Oh, wait, LA. is it? Wait, is it? Is it what? San Jose, Columbus this weekend. Um, I don't think so. Wait, eight twenty-seven. Oh wait, no, nope. hold on, hold on, because it's rival. Whoa, let me see. <laughs> I thought. Te- I thought. I'm just thinking Texas. Texas well, you've got the you've weekend? got the you've got the Cascadia Cup. You've got Seattle, Portland this weekend, and you've got DC Red Bulls. But other than that, no, everybody else is just kind of flying around. It might be the beginning of rivalry week. In hold two, on, hold on. But according to MLSsoccer.com, it's San Jose, Houston, Friday, August nineteenth. Oh, come on, Sonia. I'm like two weeks ahead. Jeez, sorry. So you're oh really excited for something like, that's wait, happening what? in two weeks, then? Okay, yeah. No, LA. LA NYCFC, which I will be at. So stoked. Okay. Um, game that's dro- like game money dropper. Ball. So, what do you think? NYFC at home against the Galaxy. This is like the battle of the stars, basically. Yeah. So much money on the field. So many DPs. It's great. It's ridiculous. Uh, I kind of just want to say NYCFC. Let's. Let's do it. You're just going to go for it? You're just going to... Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to say NYCFC. Fair enough. Uh, That's going to be the only New York team that wins this weekend. Ooh, fighting words. So that's a clue to our game, and it'll get a little bit here. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go for the Galaxy in this one in total honesty. I think that um, offensively, they're going to be able to just run through what NYCFC has been able to do defensively. I still stand on the fact that I think Josh Saunders is an awful goalkeeper (laughs) and should not be a starter in MLS. Um, sorry or not sorry, Josh, if you're listening. I appreciate mm-hmm. you listening, but that's just the honest truth. Um, I just I just don't think he's a good goalkeeper, and I think L.A., with the insane amount of firepower that they have on their team, is going to run through NYCFC. 
right. Wait, do we have a wager on these? Uh, we can talk about it after. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can send me something, and I'll send you tacos or something. I don't know. <laughs> fair. fair. Anyway. I like food bets. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's probably a, a good bet. You can send me Starbucks. I'll send you tacos or something. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. All right. Uh, Philadelphia <laughs> hosting TFC and Jovinko and Michael Bradley and occasionally Josie Altador when he decides to get mm, on the field. Jovinko will probably get a hat trick. Again. But they're at, are they, they're at Philly. They're at Philly. Mm. Decisions. Decisions. I'm going to take TFC in this one because I still don't believe in what Philly's doing right now. It's great they've got Bedoya and they've got Pontius. Oh, the and... Bedoya thing is so crazy, and I don't, I'm not going to believe it until I actually see him playing with my own eyes in Bedoya. person in real life. Like, yes, yes, he is a real person playing for the Union. I, yeah. Yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see. I always love how Chicago just gets shafted every time a new player comes into the league, but that's... That's none of my business. Um, so are you taking Giovinco and TFC? Well, no, we're going to no. Philly. You're, what? What do you mean? Oh, Philly my. at home. Nice summer day. <laughs> Sounds like you're writing a poem. It was a beautiful summer day in Philadelphia. As I strolled <laughs> along the taco stands. Okay. What about Montreal and Chicago? Montreal. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, we're going to have a problem here, Sonia, if you don't. <laughs> Yeah, uh, despite them losing last week, Montreal, in my opinion, still a far better team. David Akam needs to get a change of address form quickly from Chicago. He needs to go play somewhere else. He's far. He's just too good for Chicago. And then what happens to Chicago? They need to find better players. I don't know. I mean, what do you want from me, Sonia? I'm looking out for one guy. Goodness. Anyway, uh, the Revolution hosting the Columbus Crew. Kai Kamara's company coming on back. Yeah, this is going to be feisty. Revs won the last time they played. Will they do it again? You can be honest. You don't have to be nice for me. I would like to see. I think I would like to see Kai come in and just like. Hi guys, I'm here. Score some goals, you know. What up? Goals will galore. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. I mean, obviously, I mean, I love the Revolution, and I think this is a very winnable game. But Columbus has been a thorn in the side of a couple of teams recently. That it's like, hey, Columbus, you're not supposed to be good. Why are you, why are you drawing NYCFC? Why are you beating certain teams? But that's just how soccer works, as we both know. Of course. Um, of course. Colorado hosting Orlando City. Orlando has been hot. They've been cold. They've been yes. They've been no. They've been in. Okay, enough Katy Perry stuff. Either way, um, do they have enough with Timmy Howard and just that what seems like a ragtag <laughs> bunch of guys to somehow beat everybody in the in the in the world? Maybe not in the world. That's a bit of a, a stretch, no. I but... know. And after like after I saw that crazy smashing by nycfc it was just like oh i know i was like they're maybe not as good but then they right because they are kind of like misfit the you know the band of misfit toys it really is like Like, who's gashi who's i mean i know i obviously know who these players are but like if you look at this the starting 11 even on paper you're like and you are and you are it's like to the average like very casual soccer fan yeah that's kind of how it is and if you're a chicago fire fan you're sitting there going we have the same roster basically like why are we doing this well you know kind of a thing (laughs) 
So, so is Colorado going to take this victory once again, or is Orlando going to maybe? I haven't steal a been point? stoked on Orlando lately, and I think that they've they've not many people made have. my no, no, you know, my list for not making the playoffs in the East. So, I'm going Colorado. So, going Colorado. Uh, I'm going to have to echo that sentiment as well, regardless of the island of misfit rapids that they find in there. <laughs> uh, Sporting Kansas City and the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, Vancouver. Definitely my vote for the biggest disappointment, I feel like, this season. They have so much firepower, and they just still can't seem to put it together. They just Yeah, can't. and the last, last season was like super exciting. I felt like there was always like a goal of the week going on. Something. And then Pedro year, like, Morales, really like, there is everybody scoring the goals. Like, they're not really on my mm-hmm. spectrum. But even still, though, with SKC, though, they've been hot and cold this season, too. Mm-hmm. Like, are, they, are they a shoe-in, or is this a draw type of game? Ooh. You can pick draws, you know. We haven't talked about a draw yet. You can pick a draw, you know that. I have this theory, look, like Vancouver and San Jose drew two blue teams against each other, you know. Is that how you make your expert predictions? Like, what color is better than the other? It's like, (laughs) oh, there are two blue teams. That's obviously why they tied. It's like. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have a color scale for like, oh, that's why. the? I'm not really the biggest blue fan. That's my favorite color, so I've been having quite the navy moment. Like I keep buying navy dresses and navy things, but in general, I'm not very much of a blue person. So gotcha. So you're going to choose the lighter of the two blues and go for Sporting Kansas City, is what you're telling me? Or are yeah. you picking a draw? Uh, no, Vancouver. Vancouver. I want them to get a win. Really? Wow, Vancouver. Okay. All right, let's go to uh, the red teams playing then, RSL and FC Dallas. The best team in MLS against the team that has one of the best goalkeepers ever in MLS, but RSL is very inconsistent this season, while FC Dallas, on the on the other hand, can't stop scoring goals but not always winning the game, though, at the same time. Right, that's very true. It's an odd conundrum, I feel like, when you, when yeah, you look at a game like this. We do like MLS goals of the week, Mm-hmm. And Dallas, you know, we we look at Dallas a lot, but there's not always the win to go mm-hmm. with the goals. True. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's been a lot of draws recently. I mean, that wonder goal that Victor Yola scored a couple of weeks ago was against Colorado, that was a 1-1 draw. You know, it's like they're the best team in the league because obviously they have the most points and the most wins, but are they the best team, though? You know, that's the, you still go back to that that argument back and forth. Um, I still think they're going to beat FC Dallas, or they're going to beat RSL, uh, pardon me, um, just because RSL for me has been much more inconsistent than FC Dallas mm-hmm. has been this season. So FC Dallas has the firepower. They've got Mauro Diaz. They know how to put the ball in the back of it, especially off of set pieces, as we saw against the Galaxy in that semifinal U.S. Open Cup game. Um, they're just the better team, and I think they're going to take the victory. I can agree with that. Is that who you're going to take then as FCD? Yeah. All right. The game that I'm sure you are beyond excited for, the Red Bulls and D.C. United. You've already made your prediction, but you haven't really backed it up aside from your pure fangirling of the team. Yeah, I mean, D.C. is my team. That's that's pretty much all I need to say. But we're coming into a really crazy situation where Lloyd Sam. What a guy. You know, he's a D.C. United player now. And this will be the first meeting against Red Bull. And it's still very strange for me. We're only a couple weeks into this. It's very strange for me to see him mm-hmm. there. But the fans have been pretty supportive. There's been a lot of, like, welcome Sam banners, you know, Welcome's trying to Sam. get him comfortable. And 
you know, make him feel welcome. Yeah. It's when, I mean, even when I heard that this was going to be a thing, I was like, this is kind of awkward, but okay. <laughs> you know, I'm open to it. Sure, sure, absolutely. So are you, are you taking day C then again in, a, in an upset? I think people would call that. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be there. Uh-huh. I'm going I'm to I'm do New York City, FC, LA, night before, and then going to go down to DC for this game. It's going to be a great weekend of MLS. That sounds like I cannot, it. I cannot even wait. Yeah. <sighs> It's over for the Red Bulls. I'm taking the Red Bulls. <laughs> I'll let you have that. Whatever. All right. I'm just going to – I think that's more of just to poke fun at you. All right. Final game of the weekend, <laughs> um, the Cascadia Cup coming to a close, I do believe. Seattle hosting Portland. Seattle's been on a bit of a tear recently. Portland, their defense is Swiss cheese, yet they still continue to kind of do well. But if they, have, if they lose to a team like DC United, they're obviously not that very good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got Seattle. I think Seattle's going to win this game. I'm going Timbers. Oh, we once again split. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys out there want to let us know uh, your predictions, you can find us on Twitter, of course, at 2UpFrontSoccer, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan, at Sonia Karate as well. I love it. All right. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. You are listening to 2UpFront, presented by ShopFootball.com. shopfutsal.com. I am Baxter Colburn. And I'm Sonia Kondratenko. All right, Sonia. We've had a pretty darn good show today. We've had a lot of fun. We've had some great guests. And at the end of the day, you and I got to do what we love, talk about soccer, right? Obviously. Obviously. That's why we are besties is because our love for soccer ties us together. Even though we may be countries, states, or worlds apart, we still love soccer, right? Yeah, and disagree on some very important MLS predictions. You know what? The Red Bulls are just better. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's better for our friendship, though, that even though the D.C. United Revolution, some people call that a rivalry, I don't believe it as much of a rivalry, so I think that's probably better for our friendship. Yeah, that's fair. That's you know, fair. Do you think it's a rivalry? Because some people are like, it's a huge rivalry, and I'm like, I don't see it. You know, every <laughs> like I feel like every East Coast team is a rivalry. <laughs> Basically, because you're with all in like, you know, 50 <laughs> to 100 miles of each other, basically. It's like, oh, hey, yeah. neighbor. Hi, neighbor. Hey, how you doing? It's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. All right. Well, it is time for our final segment of the show. It is our I Believe segment here on the program where Sonia and I will both offer something that we believe will take place in the soccer world or we believe uh, should occur or things of that nature. So I will go first uh, since Sonia is the our, our guest co-host this week to give you a little bit more time to process, Sonia, since I know you've never had to do one of these before. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So my, I believe, is going to go to the Women's Olympics. And uh, I believe now that the U.S. Women's National Team is officially out of the Rio Olympics that Canada will win the gold medal now. That is what I believe. <laughs> Kind of crazy, kind of maybe to some people. I mean, obviously they have to go through Germany, but then, of course, if Brazil makes it to the final, then that's going to be the, oh, it's the host nation against Canada. But Canada's defied the odds all tournament long. I think they're due for some final bit of glory, in my opinion. 
And when it comes down to it, host nation, like, I mean, France blew it at Euros. Overrated. So, exactly. You know, anything can happen. You're absolutely right. And that's why we love soccer. All right, Sonia, what is your very first, your inaugural, I believe, here on Two Up Front? Just a little bit of a hot take. Uh-oh. But Pep has kind of dropped Joe Hart, you know? Pretty much. Man without a home now, kind of. Mm. Maybe you should go to NYCFC. <gasps> You're not saying no. what I think you're saying, are you? <laughs> Saunders out. <gasps> hashtag Saunders out. Hashtag heart for NYCFC. Or... Ooh, I mean, it's like keeping it all in the family, too, from it's one true. city and to that, another. That's the thing, though. Like, when you when you said that, like, a light went on, and I was like, that makes sense because they can technically do that because right? they are There's got to be, like, less paperwork to fill out or yeah. something. Yeah, like, look, bro, we're going to loan you to NYCFC. still be fun. You'll get to play with some big I'm players. I'm pretty sure that they have, like, an airline that sponsors them. I think so, isn't you know, that? Uh, that will make the transportation really easy. Exactly. You know, there's so many different things that Look. go along with that. So, what is what your official? I believe is that you think Joe Hart's going to go on loan, or is going to get sold, or what do you what do you go on here for NYCFC? My official, I believe, is that Joe Hart is very cranky right now, <laughs> but he's got a pretty wife, so he's fine. Yeah, and loads of cash. I yeah. mean, when you play for a city, anybody's got loads of cash. The ball boys are millionaires, basically. What I would give to be an M- to be a, an M- an M U F C. There's so many letters and Fs and Cs. I and... I am feeling the new crest though. Min- I mean, the new old crest. It's mm-hmm. a throwback, but like minimal, very designy. Yes. I'm into it. And I and I and I'll be honest with you. If if that somehow in the great wonderful soccer gods decided to make that actually happen, which we know Don Garber loves to make things like that happen, mm-hmm. I would actually be like, you know what? NYCFC is the best team in the East at that point because I think their goalkeeper has been the Achilles heel for them all season long, and suddenly you throw Joe Hart in there, and I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. But then that's the DP rule too. Is Joe Hart yeah, a like, DP? And then- is he a loney? Is he a... Uh, how many are you like? Is there a cap on how many DPs? Yeah, three, right? You get that's three, what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So it gets very tricky. Then, you know, you can't axe Lampard because he's scoring goals now. You can't axe Pirlo because he's the most intriguing, interesting (laughs) man in the whole world. And you can't axe Villa because he's the golden boot leader right now. Right, right. So, you know, special guest appearance by Joe Hart, (laughs) something like that. Exactly. Like, look, Joe, number one, you're not going to start for NYCFC anymore. Number two, we're going to send you to New York. Number three, we're not going to pay you very much. <laughs> and number four, you you don't have a choice. <laughs> right, right. Just do go. it. I like it. No, I think it could work. I mean, so yeah. we got to find a hashtag for that then. Just hashtag, you know, instead of like I heart New York, it's I-H-A-R-T New York. There we go. There yes. we go. Start the campaign. We'll get graphics going. Perfect. Your people will call my people. Yeah, we'll I'm into it. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we have had a fantastic show this week. A very special thanks to my good friend Sonia Kondratenko for co-hosting this week while my normal co-host Simon Provan was off in the uh, the great upper north of Wisconsin camping with his family. Sonia, what did you think of your first experience as a, as a co-host on 2 Upfront? A plus. I had so much fun. Fantastic. We appreciate it. Bob, before we let you go, Sonia, where can everybody find you and the, the many things that you do on the great I world? I am Sonia Karate on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, S-O-N-Y-A-K-R-A-T-E. Come hang out. Just come, just come do things. Just come have yeah. tacos. Just Tweet me, whatever. We'll tacos and chill, something like that. I love yeah. it. 
Fantastic. Well, Sonia, thank you so much. A special thanks, of course, too, to our guests that we had on the program today as well. And a thanks to all of you listeners. Remember, you can find us on Fridays on the Sports Podcasting Network. Go to sportspodcastingnetwork.com. You can find us on demand anytime on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, and on Spreaker.com, of course. And then on our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com. And then find us on social media, Facebook. We are 2upfront. On Twitter, at 2upfrontsoccer. I'm at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan, at Sonia Karate as well. Sonia, once again, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for fulfilling one of my lifelong dreams of doing a show with you at least once. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. She's Sonia Kondratenko. I'm Baxter Colburn. For Simon Provan, we are two up front. Whether you're having a not-moving-off-the-couch-while-you-watch-the-game kind of day or a no-time-between-conference-calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.